Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. This passage begins with Saul's approval of the unlawful execution of Stephen and ends with, despite heavy persecution, the spread of the good news to Samaria. Please follow along as Pastor Jim teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Gospel Goes to Samaria. Romans chapter 8, we groan living in this fallen world. But never forget that God has a glorious eternal purpose for whatever you are going through. More words written by the Apostle Paul apply here. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. In the context, he's recounting some of the things that he has suffered for Christ and for the sake of the gospel. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying. I used to read that phrase by faith. Now I know it's true from experience. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. You say, well, wait a second, that's not about me. I know how fast momentary is. This has been lasting for weeks. It's been going on for months. We've been taking care of, of, of great-grandma for, for a year and a half now. What do you mean, light affliction? I can't even walk. What do you mean, momentary light affliction? Well, momentary in relationship to eternity, light in relationship to the eternal weight of glory. For verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So now look at the outwardly tragic situation of Stephen's murder through the eyes of faith. God was at work, and Stephen's death led immediately to providential persecution, and that led to powerful preaching. Just what happens when people who are totally devoted to Jesus Christ get relocated, whether it's by their choice or it's enforced on them by persecution or economic necessity or whatever? Well, what happens is they take the gospel with them. Look there at verse 4. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. They weren't cowering in fear. Oh, trust me, it hurt. It was discouraging. It was frustrating. It was painful. It was, it was unnerving. 
but they didn't cower in fear. They didn't, they didn't go out and set up cloisters where they could hide out and be isolated from the big bad world. They weren't organizing protests. They weren't demanding rights. They went about living their lives and talking about their risen Lord Jesus Christ. Now from the middle of chapter 6 through the end of chapter 7, we followed that wonderful but very brief ministry of Deacon Stephen, one of those first seven. Now we pick up the story through another one of those seven who was chosen back in chapter 6. We meet him in verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The central role now shifts to Philip. Now, this is not Philip the Apostle. There are two different Philips. There are more than two. This is Philip the deacon. We know that by two pieces of evidence. Number one, they were all scattered except the apostles. Now, we don't, that doesn't mean every single person was scattered and the church in Jerusalem went from 15,000 down to 12. Uh, what it means is that the apostles stayed there and anchored there. They continued to preach and to teach. The church in Jerusalem never died. It was a, it was a powerful influence. We're going to see a lot more about it in the book of Acts. But the apostles stayed there. And we're also told up in Acts chapter 21, verse 8, that Philip was called one of the seven. Well, if you know the twelve, and somebody's one of the twelve, we're talking about the apostles. The seven is the group of the first deacons. And by the way, another little tidbit, uh, Philip is the first one in the, in the New Testament to be uh, given the title evangelist. He was the one doing evangelism, preaching the gospel. Now I want to pick this apart um, a little bit. And this was the point uh, at which I realized we're not going to finish the outline that I targeted for today, so we'll carry it over to next time. Don't, uh, don't worry, uh, you'll be home before dinner. Now, pick it apart a little bit. Notice it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. I always tell you when you see geographical references in your Bible, it's helpful to go look at, a, at maps in the back of your Bible and see where things are, and you're going to say, well, that's wrong. It says Philip went down to Samaria, but Samaria is, the city of Samaria is 40 miles north of Jerusalem. You would say he went up. I mean, if, if you live in Boise, Idaho, you're not saying I'm going up to San Diego or I'm going down to Canada. You know, north is up. Well, unless your map is a topographical map, you will have that confusion. But um, in the Bible, it always says people go up to Jerusalem, and it always says people go down from Jerusalem, no matter which direction they're coming and growing to or from, because Jerusalem is at the highest point for many miles in all directions. So you always go up to Jerusalem. Now, you need to understand, understand some things about Samaria if you're going to get all that God intends for you uh, from uh, this chapter. So I'll give you a little Samaria of Samaria, um, and you'll understand it. The, the city of Samaria, as I said, was about 40 miles north of Jerusalem. 
It had been the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel after the kingdom was divided following the time of Solomon. The city of Samaria was founded by a man named Omri, O-M-R-I. You can read about that in 1 Kings 16, 24. The, the northern kingdom had a series of kings and none of them were ever um, anything good spiritually. After well over a century of idolatry and uh, disobeying God in the northern kingdom, uh, the city of Samaria and that whole region of the northern kingdom were overrun and, uh, and taken over by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. Two important dates to remember, 722 B.C., the northern kingdom is invaded by the Assyrians. 586 B.C., the southern kingdom is taken over by the Babylonians after Babylon conquered Assyria in that time in between. So 722 B.C. was the end of the northern kingdom. That southern kingdom, also called Judah, lasted until 586, and then they were carried off to Babylon. Now, the Assyrians were particularly despicable as a culture. Uh, They loved forcing people to move. It's unnerving to uproot people. They liked doing that. They also loved killing people, but that's another thing. They moved many from what had been the northern kingdom of Israel to other lands they had conquered, and they moved people from other nations they had conquered into the region that had been the northern kingdom that came to be called Samaria. Many of the Jews who remained there intermarried with those who were imported by the Assyrians and the resulting mix of intermarriages between Jews and Gentiles became known as the Samaritans. The Jews, now their kingdom had been deported to Babylon. They spent 70 years there. They came back. They, for the most part, um, didn't intermarry. They remained more pure, but the Jews then regarded the Samaritans as unclean, half-breed sellouts. It was pure racism based upon genetics. Not only had they disobeyed by intermarrying with the foreigners. They also messed up the religious part of it into a syncretistic mess. Second Kings 17.33 says, They feared the Lord, Yahweh, and served their own gods according to the custom of the nations from uh, among whom they had been carried away into exile. So they had smorgasbord religion. Oh, Yahweh? Yeah, uh, yeah we, we really like him. He's, he's the main god. But hey, you like something different? Go for it. We'll just, we'll just mix it all. You know, you can worship anything you want, any way you want. Now, there was a tremendous amount of antipathy between the Samaritans and the Israelites. Um, when the Israelites, when the southern kingdom folks were allowed to return to the land under Ezra and Nehemiah, the problems between the Samaritans and the Jews boiled to the surface. When some Samaritans offered to help rebuild the temple, when Ezra brought his group back, they were summarily rejected, 
even though they claimed it to be worshipers of the true God, Israel would have nothing to do with them. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.